0: Patients have to make difficult decisions, and that's why to me it's important that you have really strong financial navigators and advocates who prospectively are working with the patient. The best way that we as healthcare providers can help patients is meet the patient halfway, work together as teams, pick the most cost-effective therapy, and work our way up.
1: Welcome to another episode of Advocates in Action, a podcast created by the National Patient Advocate Foundation. A nonprofit that develops initiatives promoting equitable access to affordable, quality healthcare through policy action and partnerships. I'm your host, Ashley Freeman. Today, I'm honored to speak with Zenkeng Ansangani, who has years of experience in specialty pharmacy services and oncology. During his time out of the office, he enjoys fantasy football, exercising, and reading about new developments in healthcare. Thank you so much for joining me today to really take a deep dive into financial navigation. Please break it down for those who are listening, but aren't really familiar with that terminology.
0: Financial navigation is a very broad term and I look at it in a multiple different ways. First, you need to understand the patient's benefits whether it's medical benefits, pharmacy benefits, understanding if the patient has a deductible or what type of plan they have. If they have a high deductible plan, what is that deductible amount? How much of that deductible have they achieved? And then obviously working with their providers to figure out, okay, this is the treatment the patient is going to be on, giving them an estimate based on benefits in the investigation and verification that, okay, this is approximately what they're going to have to pay for their visit, for example, and then understand their financial situation and what is going on in their life at that time and determine if they can afford it. From then, now everything is wide open in terms of how can I help this patient? If the patient says, I can't afford it, how can I go hunt for resources for this patient to reduce that burden so that maybe it frees them up? Whatever's Funds they have left can be curtailed and redirected to
1: other needs. I love that it frees them up. All of your energy, all of your bank account is going towards your medication to to sometimes save your life, to sometimes improve the quality of your life when there are so many different aspects of your life, like rent, groceries, daycare, yeah. transportation. Yeah. And the fact that financial navigators really help people be able to address all those areas of their lives. Because sometimes that conversation doesn't happen one-on-one with a doctor.
0: What I just explained was just a big picture view of it. But within that, there's different things. The benefits verification part, that's part of it. There's a pre-authorization part of making sure that, you know, the treatment is authorized by the payer. And the payer has guidelines that help folks obtain the necessary authorization. It's not necessarily a proof of payment, but oh. a sign that if you give the patient that therapy, insurance is going to reimburse you as a provider for that therapy. So there's all these different aspects of it, you know, and of course the navigation piece and they looking for access, whether it's medication or free medication or whether it's copay stuff and there's somebody that sits over that. Different people play different roles in this patient journey. And I, as a pharmacy administrator, I've sat in because when you have oversight for pharmacy, the drug budget is a big thing, right? And you want to make sure that as you're buying drugs, you're also being reimbursed for those drug services. You also want to make sure that you take advantage of these other services for uninsured patients, for example, or underinsured patients, right? Because that's real. The fact that you have insurance doesn't mean a lower out-of-pocket cost than, say, somebody who self-pay. It's just not the case today
1: financial navigators are basically a bridge because you have to make sure that so many different people's needs are being met. You're concerned about the patient, but you're also concerned about the bottom line. You know, you're concerned about the company, you're concerned about the healthcare system not going bankrupt. So it's a huge responsibility to be that middle man or woman, standing in that position to to serve all different aspects and and try to do all the calculations to make sure that everyone is getting exactly what they need.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, and it's complex because not every person has the same plan. If everybody all had the same, you know, plan, and you just went to a portal, you know, for I don't know, I'll make it up. Blue Cross Blue Shield, for example, and you could look it up in one place. That would be amazing. <laughs> but you're dealing with patients who have commercial plans, Medicare Advantage Plan, Medicaid, Medicaid Advantage plans. And some of it is managed by a lot of payers. So it gets really confusing sometimes. See somebody on United Healthcare, Manage Medicare. It sounds like it's a United Healthcare plan, but it's different from commercial United Healthcare. And another piece of the job that I've not mentioned is insurance optimization. Right. So we've talked about people who are underinsured a little bit or uninsured at all, looking for resources, right? You know, those patients might not know they're eligible for different plans. And that's part of the work that financial navigators would do just depending on your scope. You know, and again, somebody, this could be somebody's job, you know, in your health system or in your organization. But part of it is insurance optimization because you have so many different plans. But if you don't pick the right one for you, it could be very detrimental to your overall well-being and finances as an individual.
1: That optimization piece for sure. And you mentioned it would be way easier if there was just a universal plan and a portal to go to. Are there new technologies and programs that help you analyze data and really improve in efficiency when it comes to financial navigation?
0: You bring up a great point because historically, when somebody gets hired into that position, oftentimes there's very little or no training. All they tell you is, hey, we know that this particular these manufacturers have free drug programs, and these manufacturers have co-pay assistance programs, or this charitable organization or a foundation has co-pay assistance for patients. And you know, it's very much a manual process. You start an Excel spreadsheet and you put a patient's name in there and you put what drugs they are on, and that's how you track it. You know, and tracking that, making sure that you renew. <laughs> that free drug program for the patient, you know, every so often. And keeping all of that is all in a spreadsheet. It's difficult to keep track of it all. You know, now you have to start using Outlook and and sending yourself reminders and putting things on there. In terms of technology, there are options out there. I've been investigating this space for a few years because I thought it would be a big game changer. Where I am now, we found one that we thought really integrated with our EMR and EPIC. You know, Epic would feed the software all of that information, patient insurance information. You'll be able to go in and see from their platform, you know, the patient's benefits information, how much their deductible is, how much they have met. They'll even tell you approximately what you potentially could be reimbursed if it's a Medicare patient. And you know, that way you could make determination on okay, if I'm potentially taking a loss. On this medication maybe the opportunity is to get free drug if the patient qualifies for that right versus you buying a drug and then you bill and you take a loss and then using their algorithms and ai and all of that stuff you know they're able to determine this is where the patient is going to fall financially and what resources are there for that patient so it automates it for you so from that platform you could go hunt for Whether it's free drug or copay, foundation assistance, whatever the case might be. And the the really neat thing is, you don't have to go print paper (laughs) from that platform. You can send an email to the patient. You know, the patient could sign consent. It's really cool. And you could do pre authorizations as well. That's another feature that for this particular vendor. And they also have, you know, another piece that is coupon automation that will help a retail pharmacy with patient comes in, prescribe some drug X, oftentimes for some of these drugs, the out-of-pocket cost could be high. And trying to go in and look for coupons, (laughs) you know, for manufacturers' websites and all of that stuff is not the most convenient thing, but if we automate it and it feeds into our retail software, then my pharmacist or my tech doesn't have to leave and go somewhere else to try to go find something. (laughs) It could be right there for them so that they could help reduce the out-of-pocket cost for the patient or employee.
1: It's basically a one-stop shop. That technology really provides all the solution right there as opposed to it being a scavenger hunt for your employees.
0: Yeah, the goal is to streamline it because when you streamline a process like this that is already complex, you are able to get the patient on drug therapy a lot quicker. That time to therapy gap... Is narrowed. I think gone are the days when you know you're just going to get FTE after FTE, you know, to support this patient. But you need automation to help you streamline this. You know, obviously automation is not going to do everything. You still need people to have these real conversations. But at least automation helps, makes it more efficient, and enables you to capture even more patients. You could have 15 people bringing in thousands of dollars in savings for drugs to the the health system or providing millions of dollars in co-pay assistance or co-insurance assistance to patients. But maybe there's a segment of patients that you're not even touching, right? Because of bandwidth, all these drugs are not cheap. A lot of them are biologic drugs and you know the patient cost-sharing amount is pretty high. Think about a classic Medicare patient who is 65 plus who has to pay a 20% co-insurance on a drug therapy that could be, you know, 7 or 8000 dollars a dose or maybe more. If you don't have any supplemental insurance to pick up that 20%, it's tough. You're 65 plus, you're likely retired, you don't have a steady stream of income coming in like when you were working. And that's why that benefits verification upfront really help guides what options the patient has.
1: That, what kind of issues do patients face when they have these serious illnesses? And like you said, there's a time gap between getting the medication or they get the medication, but they can't afford it. You know, with all of these expensive treatments, where does that leave patients? The
0: patients are having to make difficult decisions, quite frankly, Providers are having to make difficult decisions too, you know, because on one end, you as a provider wants to prescribe a drug, you have to deal with the insurance piece. The insurance has to approve, <laughs> you know, so there's an administrative aspect of the pre-authorization process to go through that. And maybe the insurance company says, did you try this cheaper drug? Or did you try this other drug? Because maybe they get a big rebate on the back end if you use this other drug. And that's why they have formularies. you know. And then now you as a provider has to fight through that so that you could get it approved so that at least if your health system treats this patient, you don't have a denied claim. Because if you go ahead and treat, because that's what you want to do, but you never ever obtain the pre-authorization, you bet the payer is not going to reimburse you <laughs> for that treatment. So there's that part. You know, and then obviously, there's the, the patient out of pocket expense that comes with that. So, in the medical benefit world, in the infusion world, that happens oftentimes after the fact. So, you get that big deal sent over to you. So, people are having to make really difficult decisions. And that's why, to me, it's important that you have really strong financial navigators and advocates who prospectively are working with the patient well in advance of initiation of treatment. You know, that way expectations are are set and now, so if they go in and they try to look for resources for you and they cannot find any at that time, the patient might say, you know what, I'm just gonna sit and wait until you you can get me that help, which means that delaying therapy. And then you also have other patients, for example, who have, you know, life-threatening cancer, whom at that point they say, you know what, I don't care how much it costs. I just want to go ahead and get treated right now. And I'll figure all of this other stuff out later. So yeah, it's complex. Patients have to make difficult decisions and sometimes they have to forego certain things. And again, from a holistic perspective, it's not the way to go. You know, you're treating the patient, you look at everything. There's other things that the patient has to take in, like transportation, right? Food, all of those things that are important because if you're not nourished appropriately, you cannot heal. Some health systems have food markets and things of that sort to try to help their patients, show them how to eat right. But again, those things are not cheap. It's important that we tap into these resources that are available. I look at it like, if I can help a patient not have to foot this bill for $2,000 for their infusion, (laughs) well, you know what? Maybe that's $2,000 that they'll dedicate towards their food or their other medical bills that they might have for maybe radiation or maybe doctor's visits or something like that.
1: So, are there other things that health systems are providing that really cater to a person as a whole person as opposed to just a patient?
0: I've seen a few. It's just all about, you know, your organizational strategy and your goals and what type of population you cater to. Some of them have partnered with Lyft and Uber for transportation for patients. Some of them have partnered with local organizations in the community to do classes. There's some good things happening out there.
1: You mentioned financial navigators being advocates for their patients, but for those patients out there who do want to gain their own toolbox for how to navigate this on their own, are there any resources or things that you can share with them?
0: You no, know, I would say be a part of community, especially for folks dealing with chronic diseases, find a support group, about your disease state and how people are managing different things that come with, you know, the disease. you will be surprised at how much information is out there. Read about the drug you're on, you know, beyond what your providers will tell you. Look for ways to stay engaged. What some people are doing nowadays is to shop around and say, hey, before, you know, before I do this expensive procedure, for example, I want to see what the different health systems around me, <laughs> you know, would pay for it. <laughs> you know, not everybody has a luxury. To be able to to do that. And some people are looking at, I'm gonna get quality care. You know, cheaper is not always better. So, you know, I'm gonna try to go to the this clinic or this health system that I know they have great surgeons. You know, they have a five-star rating. (laughs) Whether you're using health grades or whatever the case might be, there's no magic answer, and no patient situation is ever the same.
1: I know that. We in the United States are not likely to completely restructure the healthcare system, you know, and make it as easy as it is in other countries. But are there some solutions that you can suggest that would help us control those costs or help people navigate the cost of their illnesses better or in a more educated way?
0: I wish I had an answer to that because that's the talk of every healthcare. Political debate now is the rising cost of care, drugs and PBMs and insurance companies pointing at manufacturers and manufacturers pointing back at them. I think for health systems, clinics that are in this financial navigation space, the care team has a big role to play. If you're able to work as a multidisciplinary team where you've got physician, nursing, pharmacy, case management, social workers, everybody, genetic counselors, nutritionists, everybody working together as a team and looking for the most cost effective treatment option for the patient based on their financial situation, based on their insurance plan. To me, you know, meeting the patient where they are, if they don't have adequate insurance, talked about insurance optimization and things of that sort, trying to get them those resources. That way, you know, they don't have this big burden of expenses, you know, from their medical care. The best way that we as healthcare providers can help patients is meet the patient halfway, work together as teams, pick the most cost-effective therapy, and work our way up.
1: I'm Ashley Freeman, and thanks for listening to this episode of Advocates in Action. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. We enjoy connecting with our listeners, so please visit our website at npaf.org slash podcast for show notes, resources, and ways to engage with us on social media. Thanks for listening.